everybody listening at home and at work, we are sitting here with Peter Payne, the founder and CEO of JList.com, JVox.com. You know him. He needs he needs no introduction. He's he's living in Japan. Peter, how are you today? Good morning. Uh, doing pretty good. It's a uh, raining. Getting uh, it's uh, fall always rains a lot in Japan. You get a lot of typhoons and mini typhoons and just just dreary weather. So I'm just just chilling at home, getting some work done. Unfortunately, I think that Japan's been a little less than lucky this year with the weather situation. Yeah, it's been a, a terrible year to have the, the the typhoon cost a lot of life. Uh, you know, hit hit places that don't normally get hit, and then a couple days later, a, a major earthquake up in Hokkaido. 40 lives lost. It was just, you know, way, very, very surprisingly yeah. terrible week. It was, it was very sad. Yeah, we've been talking about all these things on the podcast, and I think everybody's really concerned about the monsoons and the landslides and just, I think everybody's just kind of hoping for the best for Japan, but it's yeah. it's a very hopeless feeling because, you know, nobody can do anything to to stop the normally weather, so. japan i mean it, japan is is it, it's kind of like where as america we love the military we've we spend a lot of money on the military and japan not having really to to fund its military quite so much it just loves to build stuff so it builds roads and it builds you know it, it says oh here's a mountain uh you know there might be a landslide someday so why don't we cover this mountain in concrete and they just they just <laughs> they love to build and 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 normally they're building obviously things to make the country more safe. So you've got like really good floodplains so that there's not a lot of flooding. And they're they're you know really smart like like the baseball field will be put on the floodplain because it doesn't really matter if it gets washed out. And so they, they really use their land really smartly. Um, but then of course if something comes along and, and overflows what they what they can plan for uh, and and you know the earthquake like they they get earthquakes in certain areas and they have really good standards for building, but then not in Hokkaido. So they just didn't get many earthquakes up there. Right. So they don't have the same standards and that caused a lot of the damage. Um, same thing happened in Kobe in 1995. It just, it, it wasn't expected to be a major earthquake area like part, other parts of the country. So they had lower standards and then they just had a massive loss of life. It was f over 5,000 people died in Kobe. That's, yeah, that's a legendarily terrible earthquake yeah i guess right. that's kind of like when uh, when it snows in georgia you know like everybody freaks out and the whole state shuts down because they just don't know how to handle it because they're not prepared yeah so well yeah that's that's definitely you know all these events have been really unfortunate and everyone's kind of been following along and hoping hoping for the best so i know it's right but anyway, so uh, happier things. So I hear you guys ha have a lot of activity going on with some of the games that you guys are working on in, in with for Jazz USA and with from for J List. So what can you tell us about that? Um, well, yeah, we've been super busy. Um, if you go to JazzUSA.com, which is our our main website for the games, uh, we've got a lot of news up there. We've got a lot of new new games you might not have seen before. Um, this year we released the second Flowers game. We released a game called Trample on Shaten, which is a really good sort of uh, like a hero, like a, like a common writer type of story uh, in which the hero has to, you know, fight evil with his, his female partner. And then, of course, conveniently after, after doing battle, they have to have sex or else he'll die because it's the, the way the game is set up. Uh, but really, really good story, really good action. Um, uh, we came out with AU Senku recently, which is basically for everyone who's played Civilization, where it's a very involved game where you conquer the world and you've got a lot of different, you know, combat, uh, you know, a lot of different, um, you know, aspects to the game that are very fun. 
but then after you defeat your enemy, the leader of that country, for example, a female cute version of Napoleon, becomes part of your harem, and then you can go on dates with her and do do naughty things with her. So that's that's been a really outstanding game. It's a game we really wanted to publish for a long time, so that that's been out for about a year. Um, we got out Sweet Home, which is probably the single best um, sort of harem type of story that, that I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's been a real busy time for us. We also announced our um, our first at, at Anime Expo. We talked about the upcoming Boys Love Games. Of course, the thing that that BL fans have been just every every time they see us, hey, you've got to do the Nitro Kiral games. Nitro Plus uh, has a brand called Kiral. Uh, it's C H I R A L, which of course we we pronounce Kiral, but in Japanese it's Kidaru. So um, those are the games we've always wanted to work on. Uh, couldn't really get sort of an environment where we could do that um, and happily you know starting a year and a half ago we started working with them they're they're remaking the engines for all of the games that's always a big thing with nitro plus is that the the experience has to be good obviously it has to be compatible with everybody's current computers so a game from you know many years ago basically has to be reworked to to make sure that it's that it's a really good experience and that the that the game you know obviously is, is compatible with current windows so they've, they've totally revamped the engine they've revamped the graphics it's much larger um so the first game coming out is going to be uh which one was it it's going to be sweet pool so that's that's a, a very dark and interesting game of the kind if you're a saya Nuta fan song of saya fan that's the kind of dark story you're going to get. It's it's a fantastic story, fantastic characters. Um, it's not written by Urobuchigan, who is the person who wrote uh, Sayana Uta, and he also wrote Madoka, Mari, Madoka Magika, which you may have heard of. of um, but it's a it's a very I mean, he was involved in the in the planning. He's not he's not an official writer, but he's involved in the planning. So it has his sort of fingerprints on it. So it's definitely going to be an amazing game, and we'll get it out soon. Uh, well, it sounds like you gave your stamp of approval to quite a few games there. The Sweet Home game definitely sounds like a winner. And I know that a lot of people love the Civ games and having a kind of a more involved, maybe RPG-esque story with what I presume are maybe concubines. Sounds kind Right, of basically. Fun. Sounds pretty appealing. You know, it's, uh, it's never a bad thing. So right. I may even go pick that one up. That sounds pretty interesting. Um, so, yeah, head over to J-List in, in, in Jazz USA. You can definitely catch some of these games. I've been playing these games for a long time, even way before I should have. And and, mm -hmm. um, and in general, Jazz USA has, has DRM-free instant downloads. And if you want to buy the package version, uh, you go to JList.com. That's just sort of how we set it up because it's easier to for the, for the automatic processing of credit cards and stuff that Jazz USA. Um, and, and AU Sinki has a really nice... Like we have a, a collector's edition and then like a limited version mm -hmm. with an art book and uh, it came out really good. So that's if if you like the really nice stuff that comes with a large Japanese box release, we've got that, but in English. So it, it was really nice. People definitely love their collector's editions, so I know that they'll appreciate right. that. So I know that you've been working on some of these games yourself, including doing some translation work for them. But since we're talking about games, I recall from a prior conversation that we were having about Steam, and I'm kind of curious if there's any update as to how Steam is handling the content of these games, because I remember that that was kind of a contentious issue. Has anything changed Right, there? so last time we talked, Steam had 
had really put the screws to a couple of games that were obviously like 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 steam is great steam is really nice to have a platform that that breathes new life into the industry i know of several companies that literally only exist at this point to maybe get a home run on steam and, and make some money uh and, and that's why they're existing and if they if they have a good environment and they can you know get a good game out and people will, will be respectful and buy it that's cool but then if if uh steam doesn't sort of you know give them the results they need that's their last chance before they go out of business so it's kind of the, the last best hope of the especially the visual novel industry which is you know sometimes the companies are large sometimes they're real small sometimes it's four guys in a rented office you know drawing and writing and, and just trying to, to make a game that will then hopefully be popular with with the fans um so steam is super super important and it's also a little bit sort of schizophrenic where you know, last time we talked, okay, all games were going to be banned, even stuff with a little bit of sexy content or ones that were being too obvious with the, you know, censor the game, but then release the patch. Um, and then meanwhile, then they, they changed their mind and said, never mind, we're going to allow everything or everything that isn't illegal. Well, well, you know, certainly a game that will have content that they wouldn't want on the on their platform is, is, is reasonable. But then, like, okay, well, so now, like, what about something like Sayana Uta? It's a very beautiful game. It's a Cthulhu-based horror game, but the girl looks young. So is, is that a problem, yes or no? So, um, you know, it, it, like, there actually, we don't know yet. So we're, there's, we've, got a, we've got a bunch of questions. So we're trying to get our first uncensored games uh, up on the platform. Other companies are, too. I think a couple of uncensored games have, have gone up on the platform, but they're quote unquote, finger quotes, Western hentai, which obviously is sort of doesn't really feel like the, the, the quality of, of what, what's available in Japan. And of course, maybe doesn't look quite as, have the same visuals. So maybe that's why it got approved first. And, and now we're waiting for a proper Japanese game to be approved. So well, it, it's interesting and we'll see where it all goes. Yeah, Peter, you've kind of painted a, you know, a, <laughs> kind of a scary gray area here. You know, you've got, you've got companies that their very lifeblood depends on their next game being a success. And then you have this really gray area about what kind of content could be considered illegal, considering that the characters look may look underage at times. And that's right. either, that's either going to scare people that make these games really badly and maybe stifle their creativity, or you know may cause them to take pause when putting out content altogether. So that's I hope that's yeah. It's all of, very silly. Obviously, like there's there's. A Western, like a Western comic, I think Alan Moore and some other artists did a a pornographic version of the Lost Boys from Peter Pan, and it wasn't really a problem because obviously it's it's such an obvious type of art that that you know people wouldn't really react to it. But but some of the things that that those re, that those listening to this now have seen, you know, done with a with a sort of Japanese approach with a very you know, sometimes crossing some lines. And of course, that's what's a little bit interesting is the, the way they do cross some lines. You know, some of the stuff that we've seen, if it were known more widely, it might cause some reactions that, that wouldn't be good for fandom. So we, we like pray that no, no one notices some of the some of the hentai manga that are quite famous these days. Well, I hope Steam clarifies their sort of rules on all that so that companies that are that are making this type of content can be confident in the things that they make. So. Yeah, I mean, we literally are, are, you know, some of the games that that people have most wanted us to do forever 
we're, we're waiting to move on them, but we have to we have to know that we can get the steam aspect of things. Cause like, like we can just publish anything, but, and it can be as an adult or whatever, but the, the unfortunate way of the industry is that people want the steam version. And then right. the other unfortunate thing is they want the steam version and they only want it on 50% off sale. So, so it's sort of a race to the bottom. And then people will say, well, why are you charging $40 for this package game? When I can get it, if I wait, I can get it for you know nineteen dollars on Steam, and and we you know I I don't want to to get on anybody's case, but I said well you know like like five people did work for a year to get this game, and and maybe like the 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 current sort of economics is that like maybe once upon a time a really big hit game would sell ten thousand copies. Well now it's it's a thousand copies, and maybe it's. 2,000 copies of it they were really lucky for a, like a physical release so that's why it's really you know it, it, it's nice to have a larger access to a larger fan base through Steam that's cool but then you know it, it's it, the economics are getting difficult and then if we have to say no and we always have to say no to some game that, that does, isn't quite in the zone or we, we like like we don't want to spend an extra couple of years because it's a really long game when we don't know what the environment is going to be like in, in two or three years. So then we, we say, okay, never, never mind. Sorry, we don't want to do this game. Um, we are always being approached by Japanese companies, some some of whom, of course, have older games or mediocre games or whatever, and we have to say, ah, oh, we're really sorry. We don't think that can be accepted by fans enough to make a profit. So we have to we have to be really like like watch ourselves carefully. There's right. all kinds of games that that I would like to do, or if I like an artist, but I have to really ask myself, well, is this something that's like, like there's obviously like fashions and trends um, in, in games as with everything else. And yeah. so, you know, are, are cat girls popular this year or are, you know, like, like, you know, just, just did different kind of stories. So we try to say, okay, what it was popular right now and what's going to be popular, you know, still be popular in a couple more years. Um, uh, I believe we have a uh, we finally have an Otokonoko game coming out. Um, hopefully, it's not past the the the, the boom of, of trap booms, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that that actually brings me to an interesting question. So, um, you know, people forget sometimes that anime is a business, and to me, and it's all about return on investment, right? And so, my question would and if my question and my curiosity is when you're making, when you're deciding what games to create or what games to adapt or whatever, how do you get, how, what do you do to sort of get a, the climate of the market? Like how do you identify the trends in the market that are going to, that are going to deliver the types of return on investment that you need to justify making a game like that? Um, we, we try to, to sort of boil down what our goals are, but the, the biggest thing is it's the Japanese word chimedo, which means like amount of fame. And so obviously, Saya no Uta, Song of Saya, very, very famous game by a very, very famous writer. He kind of put Nitro Plus on the map. So that was a very, you know, obvious, okay, let's do this game. Um, and, and so if it's a game that's famous, we know there'll at least be a lot of awareness of the game ahead of time. Uh, school days, like everyone, everyone who has seen the anime who forgets that the game is quite different from the anime, uh, they go, oh my God, School Days is so traumatic. Well, the, the game is a lot more nuanced. The game has a lot more developed. Like all the side characters get developed and they get roots and they get endings. So the game is quite different. But anyway, School Days was really good because everybody knew it. Everybody bought it. Um, it, it. It had this before the meme of 
of oh my god school days traumatized me because of the ending of the anime which yeah. is not, not in the game um but school days was really good um yeah so anytime we can do a game that's that's famous that's good the problem is that 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 like 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 one of the most popular games we've done has been it was called lightning warrior righty or Rady. Um, right. And it's just a, a fun RPG where you walk around a dungeon and you fight female wandering monsters and their clothes fly off when you, when you, uh, you know, kill them and 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 if if they kill you then your clothes fly off and all kinds of sexy stuff happens. But that was really good because it was, you know, obviously it's fun. Hoko RPG, uh, you know, lesbian monster girls, everyone loves that. So, but then as we get towards more famous games. Um, Majikoi is a good example. It's a lot more challenging. There's a lot, obviously it's a more famous company, so we have to work really, really hard. It took us like five years to get, to actually get the license. Um, there's a lot more involved with voice actors and things like that. So there, there's a, it, it's a lot more challenging as as we get to, to more famous games and, and better games. But of course, we're gonna keep on doing that. And so that's why we really appreciate the support of fans buying our current games, because that's, that's where we get the funding to make right. you know, the next cool game. And we really appreciate the the um, the the support of fans. We, you know, the, the 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 visual novel fans and the you know game fans in general have have really been solid. Um, I recently met with a I won't name the company, but a, a hentai anime company, and we were sort of talking about possible because you know, hentai anime sort of went away as a licensing thing. No one does it. Um, and I was sort of talking with the staff there, and you know, part of the issue is. Music Land and Suncoast Video went away, and there's no place to sell, you know, a DVD of, of hentai. Okay, that's reasonable, but the other the other big part of it is that fans of the of that media just sort of took the idea that oh, it's it's out on the internet, just download it, and then like a hundred percent of fans did that, and of course that's not good for the people right. who are were in between licensing and trying to make DVDs, and and that's basically when when fans complain, well, hey, there's no uncensored hentai anymore where did it all go well that's basically the fans chose you know online free versus you know media obviously people have different like like i don't want i don't have a bunch of dvds myself anymore but but you know they they, they didn't really support the the hentai anime licensing and so it went away and you know it's a it's kind of a different industry than games it's a little more resistant to change um games at least we we can work with Japanese companies and, and they'll say things like, well, we want to sell this game for $120. And we'll say, well, you know, $120 is kind of above the price to sell this, this game, even though you think it's the, the greatest thing ever because you made it. I think, you know, $35 is a better game. And so we, we work wow. with the companies to get their, their expectations and our expectations in, in where they, where the fans will be supportive. Um, and obviously things like many companies go, Oh, we, uh, we don't want to release it uncensored because you know one copy might find its way back to Japan is that is that a problem of course, well, we, of course it's a problem we're not going to take all the, take all this risk and go to all this work go to all this trouble to make a game and then say oh sorry fans you know the mosaic is in there um, so obviously we have to get the company to see the real picture not their little picture like remember that Japan is is the Galapagos Islands basically it's yeah. it's a place where companies can do okay and they can sort of grow and they, they don't need to, to take on really challenging uh, actions. They don't have to really just ask themselves how far they're willing to go to compete as if you if you compete in a world stage, of course, if you're going head to head against the great companies of South Korea, 
China, things like that, that's where it's really difficult. And that's why, in a way, a lot of Japanese companies have sort of, they've lost their luster compared to, you know, the great industrial companies in uh, in China, obviously, and Samsung. And then you just look, what's Sharp doing? Well, Sharp couldn't really, couldn't really survive. So I think Sharp uh, joined with uh, Panasonic, I believe, which is interesting because Sharp was made by the son-in-law of the founder of Panasonic. So it's kind of neat they're coming back together again. So you made a you made a I mean, just out of just for my curiosity's sake the the thirty five dollars to one hundred and twenty dollars sort of negotiating points is that is that a lifelike depiction of where the starting place is for negotiations when you start discussing how much to charge for a game? Pretty much. I mean, they they understand that the West is different from Japan, but but they they still would like to they still would like to get. They, they would like to work in the easy framework of Japan, not the more difficult framework of, of working with the, with the outside world. And sometimes, you know, you just see that, like, like, yeah, it's just, it's just odd. I mean, that, that, that's what a game costs in Japan. Like, like 8,800 8, yen is probably still the average price for a game, um, which would be like, like $75, I guess right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously that's, Something that you know, even a fan who buys a game every month, they're going to buy a game. They can't buy 19 games if it's $75 per month. And so, package like the the package industry has has sort of fallen off a lot, even though they give you cool things in the box. And there's there's sort of a reason for it. Um, and it's kind of funny that as we talked about before, anime itself, I, I guess it's changing a little bit because of Netflix and and Amazon and other companies funding now. But really, anime still is all about a bunch of companies will come together. They'll form a holding company, which is called a like a committee for the yeah. for the promotion of Madoka Magica, and and different companies do different things. But the animation studio, which obviously we would probably think is the most important company because you wouldn't have anything without them, they get you know, like a small payment, and then if the Blu-rays sell, they get most of that money. And so if the Blu-rays sell, like like uh, Mr. Osomatsu was a huge hit, just just 40,000 Blu-rays sold at $88. It's that, it's that really high price. Yeah, wow. um, every fan bought it. Every fan collected it. They get the little, you know, whatever they give you inside the DVD or the Blu-ray. Um, and that was fantastic, and the company did well. But then other, other times there's, you know, like um, – there was a really good anime called Scum's Wish, which is a romance, sort of a, it's almost a parody of a romance where like every episode, some new relationship is revealed and this girl loves this guy and this girl loves this guy. And then two of the girls hook up unexpectedly. And that's why, of course, I'm a, I'm a big Yuri fan. So I liked it because of that. And it was really cool. I promoted it on JList a lot. I pushed it a lot. I got a lot of fans out there. Uh, if you've seen the, um, the girl above the other girl and it's um, the first girl saying, but Echan, you know I'm not, I'm not. Oh, you know I'm straight. And the other girl says, "So spaghetti until it gets wet." That's me. I mean, that graphic <laughs> can promote the show. Um, and it did okay. I mean, it got a lot of fans online, but nobody bought the Blu-rays. It sold like you know 300 copies per per Blu-ray or something. So it it was a financial failure. And I was just really bummed. Like, oh man, this is such a great show. You just never know which shows will become fantastically fa- well, profitable for the industry. Like, of course, your name was just ridiculous. Oh, ridiculous, yeah. Um, and then which shows will be, you know. And your name, I, I swear, I, the, it's really frustrating when you sort of investigate the, the industry. The, the director got some amount of money for making this movie, and he didn't get 
any type of residuals mm. for that the mass. I mean, it was the most watched anime or most of movie ever. It beat uh, Spirited Away. It was just a, a thing you would go you'd go at 4 a.m. to a movie theater and it'd be full of people watching it again at 4 a.m. So in Tokyo. Crazy. Yeah, to not get residuals and, is so disappointing. Yeah, they didn't like like if for me it's like if you had a system where the actual animators if you crossed, you know, whatever line, okay, we've sold 100,000 copies of the blue or whatever and if they get some really cool bonuses and then everybody wins, that would be fine. And if we knew that that was a system in place, of course fans would probably buy more blu-rays because we want the actual guy doing the animation in hopefully Japan, but maybe it's in Thailand, maybe it's in South Korea, maybe it's in the Philippines. We want them to, to profit too, and currently they do not appear to profit extra in that type of situation. So it's one of the sort of, again, like like Japan is not very good at changing. They only change when they have to change. And, and as J-List, literally when it, whenever the economy would turn down in here in Japan, of course, we'd often get a recession in Japan, but things would still be fine in America, which is great for us because our customers are in America. And we love it when there's a recession in Japan because we can go to these companies and say, hi, we want to work with you. And now you have to work with us, don't you, bitch, because there's a recession and you have no <laughs> choice. And they, they say, sure, okay. And you know, if, if, if the economy was really good, they probably would have said, oh, it's it's not important. We can just not take this this weird risk sure. of dealing with this American and he's going to sell our game in America in oh, English. Yeah. It's a point of um, They probably right? prefer not to take that risk. Wow. Yeah, it's a point of leverage for you for sure. When that kind of yeah, thing yeah. So I know that you've been working on some of these games re recently, and we were discussing earlier in the week. And I know that a lot of people play these games and they enjoy them very much, but I don't think people have a whole lot of insight into what happens to create to make these games to bring them to life you know for you so you you for example being bilingual you're working on you were mentioning that you were working on translating some of these games and i was actually curious myself as to what the process looks like for not only for you know receiving the the japanese dialogue but, but translating it into english and how to get it back into the game do you do you yourself or your staff are you creating the artwork for these games like what is the actual process that go that you go through i know that's a very large question but i would probably ask to start with the translation process since that's what we were discussing earlier and i think that would be interesting yeah for people basically it's it's first of all the like one of the problems with visual novels is that they're often huge um like the the rationale behind why this game costs 88 dollars in the japanese marketplace or whatever is that well, it's a you know it's a you know 24 hour experience if you played it if you played it straight through. I mean, you you got a lot of pl gameplay to to get every single ending, yeah. and so especially if you play some of our older games, one of one of the best games we ever made is called Tokimeki Check In, mm -hmm. and basically you're the owner of a Japanese inn, and all these different girls come to stay at your inn. So it's just a harem story, very very like a lot of cool fundamental Japanese traditional elements. Um, in the, in the game, but then it's a really good story. And that, that game had, I think, 17 endings, all of which are like like a two or three hour, like once you get into that ending, then you're then you're playing two or three hours to, to finish it. it. It was just incredible. It took us a year to translate, um, and it was really good because it was popular. But uh, it, you know, it's just like looking back, I go, man, how did we do that? It's you have to pay pay a guy a year to do that, um, and then of course editing and all the other things you have to do. Um, but yeah, the uh, so so basically, you you we, we generally get scripts from a company, and and that's separate from the source code. And then of course, there's all these there's like 
I could write a, a blog post maybe about like the types of Japanese companies, but some are very cool, they're very flexible, they would give us the source code if we asked for it. Um, in the case of School Days, actually, they no longer had a programmer and we had some bugs that were from the original. They were they were not our bugs, they were from the original game. And we're like, okay, we gotta fix these bugs, give us the source code. So they had to, to trust us an extra level that yes, we were gonna, of course, properly fix the source code without letting it get out. And we did, and we gave it back to them. And then I think they, the Japanese version was improved by our code. Um, but in general, we get just the script files, which are what will be compiled to work in whatever the final game is. Um, you know, the, there's different, I guess it sort of evolved over the years, but like the best practice would have been to take the Japanese line, comment it out, put the same line in, and then just translate that so that you've got the Japanese there for reference later. Um, right now I'm working on a game called Tokyo Hero Project, um, which is by the staff that did My Girlfriend is the President, which was a really oh, big right. hit game that was really popular. Um, and this is a fantastic game, I'm really enjoying it. Normally I don't do translations because I'm too busy, but there wasn't anybody working on it. I said, okay, I'll do it. Um, so we're doing it in a, in a Google spreadsheet, which is nice because someone else can then come along and just start editing regardless of what I'm doing. Um, and the, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Of course, there's, you have to control costs and, and because it would be very easy to spend $100,000 on one of these games, which we then probably could never recover. So we really have to say, okay, this is our budget for the translation. This is our budget for editing. Um, uh, the, the, as, as the industry has moved along, the, the Japanese companies often say, okay, well, you need to pay for the programmer to do the porting. And then they say, well, you need to do the, the, the biggest problem is that, that suddenly voice actors need to be paid for something for work they did 15 years ago. And it's not actually the voice actors, it's the studios who, who charge because they can charge. And this is why they're, a lot of games that we would love to have released don't ever get released because it's the the, the economics just doesn't work out. But can, so anyway, the, can I the game I'm working on is oh sure sure yeah you asked you said that studios or companies want to, you to pay for work that voice actors did 15 years ago. Is that a licensing? Yeah, basic, is that a licensing thing or a royalty based thing? Basically, it's only for games, not for anime. But the for games, the the basic idea is. Let's say Nitro Plus had a bunch of voice actors and they made a PC version and then they made a PS2 version and then they made a, a Vita version. That's a new version. And so whatever they paid the first time around, they're expected to pay half of that the second time around. And and wow. what I've heard is that and then half again the third time around. So, you know, it gets smaller as the game sticks around. Uh, and then if literally like the Windows eight version comes out oh that's a new version you have to pay again and then the windows uh 10 version comes out well that's a new version you have to pay again and of course a famous company like nitro plus can a they can pay that or b they can negotiate whatever works with them but for us it sort of became a a club for certain companies to 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 wield and say hey you want to make that game uh you have to pay us this amount of money or else you can't use our voice actors and and the, the basic idea is that if it's an adult game, it's a very reasonable amount of money because adult voice actors, anyone who does a sex scene is a, is a much lower rank. But if you've got a game of, I don't want to say the game, but certain games of really high level famous, com, uh, famous voice actors, that then becomes a difficult proposition. You've got, 
you know, negotiations, but then the company said, well, why should we negotiate? You have no choice but to pay what we want or, or scrap the game, which is an option, but it's very, very frustrating. Wow. To the point that I've told, the, it's not the game companies, it's the voice actor studios. And by the way, the voice actor studios, often the voice actor is no longer there. He's not going to get that money. It's just the voice actor studio that happened to have the contract for voice actor A. Usually it's male, by the way, not female voice actresses, right. but male voice actors. Um, and and they, they just, they can see this as a way to get some large amount of money. Um, and, and I've advised the Japanese game companies, you should, you should sort of, you know, as an American, I would say, of course, we're famous for suing. So I would say, like, you know, I think a lawyer could get involved and say, you are actually, you know, harming commerce with these, with these after the fact. It's not like they have a contract that says this. It's all, it's all done like it's an understanding that when you make a new version, like an English version, you will pay your voice acting fees again. Um, and I'm like, well, okay, if it's not set in stone as a contract, and if you're just sort of making up along the way, you're kind of harming commerce in a, in a pretty, yeah. pretty negative way, perhaps the government could get involved and say, stop doing that, because that's one of the things government is there for. So, and, uh, but they, and, and what they are not litigious. Do, do companies tend to uh, take pause when you make a comment like that, when you, when you suggest um, you know, getting the government involved? They wouldn't. They, they wouldn't do it because it would involve fighting with the company they have to work with next year, and so they've got their current relationship with that company, and they would lose access to the voice actors that they need for their next game. So they they never they never do that. It's one of the problems of the industry. I so see. I mean, it's I mean, I love I love voice actors, and you know, all of them are great. But it's if they're going to get the money, that's something we can negotiate. And one of the good things about things like Kickstarter is, is that you can, here's this goal we need. And the, one of the reasons we need to get this goal is that we need this person's role and this person's role, and this person's role to properly be voiced. Um, but, but sometimes it's very difficult. And, and certainly some games that we would, uh, we would clearly have loved to, to do haven't been possible, especially Otome games, which are visual novels for girls. It's like the girl stories that aren't adult. Like one of the problems is that Anytime the, the act voice actor doesn't actually do adult and he's male, then it's like, you know, 10 times, the, the, the fee is 10 times what it normally would be. So uh, very, uh, very challenging. Do you feel like, I know that, well, first of all, I know that Japan is very relationship oriented and very concerned about maintaining social harmony and things like that. So I'm not really surprised that they want to protect the relationships they have with people that they work with. Yeah. But is it? Is it even, and I don't mean to ask a question that maybe from a place of ignorance, but is it even possible, is it possible that it could be more affordable for, to hire different voice actors rather than pay the price to the prior organizations, or is that even, or is that even possible? Possibly, we always assume, because, because we're that type of fan too, like any fan of, of a certain game who loves it would be offended by us changing the voice actor. I and I was like, we could do it in English. We could say, okay, we, we'd have an English dub of this game, which we've never done. Well, we, we've never done except for Sonico. We did it for Sonico. We brought Jessica in to do the English voice. Um, but it was a you know, very involved process and it took an extra six months. And it was, so it, it, it's, there's a point where that would be something to consider, especially if we wanted a game to be Obviously, like like we're happy to sell to the hardcore visual novel fans who want voices in Japanese, but 
but maybe it would be better if we if we did an English dub. Um, but it's just not our specialty. We, we've never done that. And then in Japan, that would be really hard to do. Yeah, I could see. I could see offending fans of the original game could be a problematic. Yeah, and, and like you know, certain types of games and certain like like a really hardcore porn game, people don't care so much. But like you know, the the Nitro Plus Kiral games, we have we're very mindful that the most dedicated fans, we want to make them happy so that they will pull in the next level of fans and, and evangelize the game for us and help make it a success. And so we're basically, you know, just, just taking that as the approach we should, we should do it. So hopefully they'll be super happy with the result. Hmm. Well, it sounds like it's a pretty involved process that has a lot of different people with their fingers in, you know, involved when, before you get the final product. So it's definitely yeah it's it's you know the, the 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 translating which takes you know months or or years if it if it's not done right but you know it certainly takes months uh the editing process obviously everything has to be edited um the programming you know that's like one or two months um the you know quality check things like that so it, it definitely is a is an involved thing what we always are on the lookout is you know what we would love for companies to make is games that are shorter have a more specific like if it's an adult game is it got a fetish and it you know bang give us a short game that we can get out quickly fans can pipe like if the translation is shorter we're always going to charge a lower price like 15 or 20 dollars if yeah. it's depending on the, the, the translation so then it's it's uh, you know good for fans they can buy something ha have some laughs the company can get it out quicker we can get out quicker so we're we're always looking for that but it, we always end up with these games like the one i'm working on is 35,000 lines and i'm just uh i'm on 15,500 or something so i'll just keep plugging away at it i think when you have a conversation like this and you start discussing the complexity of the process the people that are involved how much work it is i think it really helps to sort of open the eyes of the consumers and show them that this is you know first of all you shouldn't you should never pirate a game like this because of how much effort it takes to create it. But also, you're sort of justifying the price of the game, even if it were, even if it were to be the, the price of the game as it is in Japan. When you consider yeah. that there's multiple companies involved and so much effort, and it's it, it sort of helps to justify the cost, I think. And right, that's, and that's of course, part of the cost is that every game we we do is of course being we're, we're licensing it from the from the Japanese company, so they're getting their percent back, which is very important for them. Um, and of course they use that money to fund their next game. And so it's all this, this big complex ecosystem. So I definitely, I mean, I understand that everyone has, has downloaded something and I've downloaded something too in my younger days. So, I mean, that's fine, but just make sure you're supporting your, your, your casting your votes for the thing you want to see more of. And if you like Nitro Plus, well, they're amazing games. I can't believe the, the number of games I've just enjoyed working with uh, that company on. And so you should definitely be supporting that. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's very thankful and, and, you know, we're very happy that, that fans have been supportive. And so, so again, like, you know, we're always trying to be positive and if someone pirates something, you know, like we've seen a lot of fans say, you know, I pirated that a long time ago and I wanted to buy it. I'm like, that's really cool. So I, I like that, that, um, that sort of approach. And so it's, it's, I love this, I love this industry. It's a fun, it's a fun, uh, you know, place to be. It's it's so funny how long I've been doing this because I was looking back. Some some guy just tweeted on our we we retweeted on our Jast Jast USA um, Twitter account 
but he said like yeah like 20, more than 20 years ago I got into the the first three Jazz USA games which were uh, Three Sisters Story uh, Season of the Sakura and Runaway City which I translated all while while doing a, I worked in a government city office and I was like busy translating and they all said wow Peter you're so like industrious what are you why are you working so hard oh I'm just I love my job doing you know like work for the city and I'm just translating my hentai game back in you know where they can't see so uh, but yeah I've been doing this for so long and and we, we we literally start out with one game and then two games and then three games and sort of proving that that it would work and of course fans were supportive then they've been supportive over the years and then, of course, a lot of other companies got involved, which is fine. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting. It's been an interesting ride. I've, I've got this this thing. I, I I wish anyone. I I want if I ever meet Stephen King, I want to give him a copy of Cyanute <laughs> and say, uh, just in case you don't know, there's this whole other type of novel that you've probably never heard of from Japan. Please play this and tell me what you think. That would be like like one of my things that I could do that. But he's not. Uh, he doesn't get over to Japan very much. I mean. You've made you've made a career out of this. I mean, and and the way that you describe, you know, your 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 job, you know, your work for the city, and then at night you're translating these games. I mean, it almost sounds like the plot line of like a hentai or an anime, to be honest. <laughs> it really does. Um, I actually I did a post about wanting to do a four coma manga about my family, and it would be called Otaku no Papa wa Gaikokujin. Uh, your your father is a is a Otaku, of course, meaning your, but also means otaku. Uh, your father is a, is a foreigner, and it would be like a, a parody version of me and my wife, who is, who of course runs our company and is always breaking my balls for something I'm not doing right in relation to the business. But then, of course, she's a sweet, you know, supportive wife at home, so, so she could be in the character, and my kids could be there, and like my my daughter works really hard at trying to beat my son in English, but he always just beats her with his, with both hands tied behind his back and she's always <laughs> mad about that. And it would actually make a pretty good, like just this manga. And then, you know, it'd just be kind of fun to do. And it could be like a, a parody of, and, and like we do like, like, you know, go to America convention and then do, do some jokes about what it's like in the American convention scene and things like that. It'd be kind of, it'd be kind of fun. Well, you definitely have time to, uh, to do it if you want to. Peter, I want to, I want to, I want to ask if you have any other specific things you want to say about the making of these games, because I do want to get back to, I do want to ask you one more time about if you have any specific special product offerings or things that you want to discuss regarding JLS or Just USA. But I also want to give you a chance to kind of wrap up the video game discussion. Um, the one thing is, um, we're we're obviously working with a bunch of different Japanese companies to to help them make their products better. There's a company called Venus, or there's a company called Ninetale that has a really nice game called Venus Blood Frontier, and it has a, a Kickstarter. So if you go to our social media, there should be links to that, and you can you can go take part in that Kickstarter. It's a really nice classic JRPG, really really well regarded game, and we're working with the company to make sure like the editing because. Again, it's a Japanese company doing stuff themselves. Or like, you probably need some help. Work with us. So make sure that the product is, you know, the final product is going to be what what people want. Um, so we're helping QC and working on that game and promoting. Um, and of course, our other our other news is we're going to be doing games in Chinese. Uh, Flowers, which is a really beautiful visual novel series about girls who love girls in a school setting. Um, we've got a the the first 
the Chinese version of Flowers Spring will be out at some point. So so we're trying to obviously tap, you know, where, go where the fans are. I'm actually looking at the Venus Blood Frontier Kickstarter right now. And cool. it's not it hasn't met its goal yet. So if you're listening and you sound it sounds like if you're interested in supporting the English lo- localization of a game like this, I can tell you that the artwork looks gorgeous. Um, and it's I'm definitely tempted, so I may uh, I may throw my hat in also. Well, Peter, yeah, like the Kickstarter system is nice because yeah. fans can can help. It's very beneficial to the industry. Um, hopefully, it's in yen, but it's hard to calculate anyway. Uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, fans will this this project also come out, and then when this game comes out, we'll probably publish you know the package version for them because they would have no no other partner to do that. So that's all other good things that that. Uh, People can people can help with. It looks like you get the game itself and other things too for only thirty five dollars, according to Kickstarter, mm-hmm. which is not a bad price for anything. So um, it's seems like a worthwhile cause. So if you're if you're a person who loves Kickstarter, Venus Blood Frontier needs your help. So definitely head over there and uh, and read about it if you if you're interested. You know, throw a couple bucks at it, and help it out. So. Well, Peter, is there anything else before I let you go? I know you're a busy guy and you have twenty thousand more lines to translate. <laughs> yeah. Um. No. Thanks. Thanks again for for talking with me. I hope everyone has a has a safe. A lot, a lot of hurricanes in Florida and stuff, yeah. and <laughs> keep dry and everything, all that stuff. All right, Peter. Well, as always, it's been fun, and um, I'm sure we'll do it again soon. So until then, take care. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. All right. Bye. <laughs>